Welcome to Second Cherry, an actual Eurovision podcast, and welcome to Liverpool. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. This is the podcast that usually brings you the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. But of course, we're here in Liverpool to bring you a flavour of what's happening on the ground in the host city. We're here, Monty. We are. (laughs) (laughs) It's great, actually. Yeah, it's it's a different kind of um, Eurovision because we've not flown anywhere. Yeah. But um, it still feels like the circus has come to town, which is important. Oh, absolutely. It was great. I mean, so we, we got the train up here, which was unusual in itself, getting the train to Eurovision. And do you know what time it was when we got on the train, Matt? What was it? It was upgrade o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> we got an upgrade into first class. So we yeah. sat and sipped some Prosecco and had some nibbles and chocolates and it was very lovely. I know I was looking for the price list on the menu and you're like, no, no Matthew, it's free. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> that shows how, how often I, I do first class. So thank you very much. We won't say the name of the person in case they get into trouble, but thank you very much for organising that for us. It was a very lovely start. Yeah. And then we arrived in Liverpool and actually... Who was on our train? Oh, yeah, Lorraine was on yeah. our train. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what she was doing in London, but she, no. she must have been in Liverpool, go back to London, come back up. But, yeah. Mm. And you, you gave her a little... Um, what did you say to her? I said, good luck. Good luck. And she was like, oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether she got into first class or not. She might have been slumming it in economy. Ooh, well, maybe we took her spot. <laughs> <laughs> we ousted. <laughs> we ousted Lorraine from the first class. Do you know, arriving in the city, though, you get that glimpse of the first bit of Eurovision branding. And actually, it's before you even get off the platform. There's a big strip of Eurovision branding going right up the platform saying, welcome. And it's just lovely. And then there's a little gazebo in the station. And there's one of the Solové, the, um, the the songbird statues that they've got around the city. Uh, you can go around and sort of, you know, see, I think there's a dozen of them or so. Um it just feels really wonderful. Mm. I think Liverpool, we we had a, a sneaking suspicion that they were going to do this hosted thing well. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they're delivering on the promise because it's just everywhere. You cannot turn a corner and not see Eurovision branding. It is everywhere. And the branding is so bold this year, <laughs> so it really is completely in the face. <laughs> It's mad. I'm so happy. I'm yeah. happy for Liverpool. I'm happy for, you know, we'll see how much Ukrainian stuff comes out. So far, so good. More that in a minute. But there's it's it seems to be bang on point at the moment. Absolutely. And we had a little wander around the town. We're staying not far from the arena. We wandered past the lovely little pub. And who were the first people that we saw having a drink <laughs> in the pub? Literally just outside of our apartment. We saw the Aussie Vision boys. Yes. Who were doing all sorts of podcasting and videos and all sorts this week as well. But um, yeah, it was so weird. It's like, you were like, <laughs> we've just got off an Australian plane. We've just got off the train and here we are. Here we Eurovision. are. <laughs> it was so lovely to see you. It was very lovely. We had a bit of uh, culture on Friday night as well because we spent our first evening going to the theatre. We did, yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't highbrow theatre, but 
My God, it was fun. What was it? <laughs> it was called A Thong for Europe by Jonathan Harvey, um, a very uh, well-known British playwright, um, uh, a gay man, writes sort of gay-themed comedies. Um, he wrote a great play and film called Beautiful Thing, mm. uh, the TV show Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. Uh, and he's uh, this is his second Eurovision play, actually, his first Boom, Bang, a Bang. I saw many, many years ago, I think in its first production in London, um, set on the night of the 1995 Eurovision Song Contest <laughs> uh, and this brings it back up today it's a it's a farce uh, the the dial is turned up to about 6 billion <laughs> on the fast levels um, and it's just a, a silly good fun night out some great one-liners you know a bit of a flimsy plot but you know some big crowd pleasing moments you know weaving Eurovision songs in mainly for the mass audience rather than the specialist niche audience like we are but there are a few little reference points in there which no, is it, fun. No, it's high camp and it's if you go in with that knowledge it's a great night. Yeah. It's a great night. Then, well, one of us, which wasn't me, <laughs> managed to get on the guest list for the Nordic party. Yeah, thanks to, yeah, Felix from Iceland, the head of the delegation, he just said, do you want to come? I was like, um, absolutely I will. <laughs> I'm not going to say no to that. And uh, yeah, so the Nordic party is kind of famous. Every Eurovision there's a Nordic party and everyone tries to get to it. <laughs> um, so there were some performances from all the Nordic countries. Actually, in the crowd, in the space where it was, it was in the, the Euro Fans Club, the other Euro Club that's going on in the city. There's two. Um, there were just, everyone was there. There was the BBC, the EBU. Um, Rylan was drunk, drunk dancing around. Um, and all their artists, Australia, Greece, Switzerland, they're all there, and it was just lovely to see them. Sort of just, um, it felt, even though journalists were there, it was kind of their downtime. You could see they were just chatting and laughing and drinking, and it's kind of nice to see. The performances were good. Uh, we'll put some on our socials so you can see what's going on. But it was nice, and yeah, it was good to show a face and see. Didn't get any interviews, unfortunately, but um, it was a good night. Good night, and it, I think now it's like it's game time. They've had their downtime, and now it's game time. You say everybody was there, but not quite. Well, but no. we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> there was only room for one on the guest list, so Matt got that. No, I'm glad you had a great night. I went out and uh, explored some of the um, flesh pots of Liverpool. The homosexual establishments? The homosexual establishments, mm. yes. It was very jolly. Yeah. So that's a little bit of our first night. On our second day, we paid a little trip to the Euro Village, which is set up by Pierhead, uh, just outside the Liver Building, a uh, very famous building on the uh, shores of uh, Liverpool. And um, it's great. It's huge. Massive. I was here in November and I sort of scouted out the area and I actually thought, this is not massive. But what they've done is they've not just taken over the bit that I thought they were going to do. They've taken over kind of like the whole road next to it as well. So the, the boundaries of the village go right up to the buildings rather than just to the, the roadside. Um, it means there's a, there's a sort of bit where there's a bit of canal or well not canal a little bit of dock in the middle so you know there's there's a bit that's kind of walled off in the middle but that's just how it is the space is massive the sound was enormous yeah <laughs> well this stage really is huge loud. this yeah. is like a glastonbury level stage it is massive mm -hmm. they've not they've gone to town on this yeah. and it's weird it is it's it's not a square it's like a long promenade yes so it kind of just goes back it's like a long piece of strip of you know, Euro Village. 
Yeah, I mean it's past sort of where the ferries go to, and then like right back to the Museum of London. It's mm. it is enormous. London, lots of, uh, Liverpool. Liverpool. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> lots and lots of space in there. We missed the Eurovision artist performers yesterday, but we did catch a little mini concert from Jake Shears. You did, which was quite jolly. Yeah, just appeared on stage, which is not very Eurovisiony, but you know. Need yeah. to please everyone. There are lots of bars. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bar spaces <laughs> yeah. along both sides. So you will not wait. Uh, Lisbon levels of Eurovision Village. Mm. <laughs> People remember that just to get a drink. And um, Ukraine is reflected in the village, but it's in a little area where there's lots of uh, Ukrainian cultural stalls and you know talking about the music and the history and the language of Ukraine, which is all lovely. But it's kind of sort of tucked around the back, behind the bar, almost as you go out. It is, it's yeah. It's a little bit, not quite an afterthought, but maybe they thought we need to put them in a in a separate area to highlight them. But the area is not the area that most people are going to see. No, it's kind of on the way out. And there are people as you leave, when the main concerts are sort of done, that they sort of direct, please come this way. You know, you, this, and I don't think that's enough, though. I think it, there's plenty of space where you could... Well, I can see some bar places where you like if you move them bars elsewhere, there's a perfect place for it. I, I think it's in the wrong position. Yeah. And uh, talking to some of the store owners, I think they agree, but they aren't, they're not going to moan too much because, mm-hmm. you know, um, they're just happy to sort of be there, which is a shame. You know, they need to voice their voice. Yeah. <laughs> so you caught up with one of the store owners there and just found out what was going on for them. My name is Maria. I am the founder and creative director of I'm Bola. It's an online boutique of uh, Ukrainian brands. We're multi-brand. We are representing more than 30 different Ukrainian brands that come directly from Ukraine, produced in Ukraine. Most of them are handmade. Okay, so we're here in the Eurovision Village. So you're here sort of representing other people's brands and other designs and things like that exactly. from Ukraine? Exactly. I'm curating my own selection. I'm picking up the best, according to my opinion, the best Ukrainian brands. And we have two chalets. This chalet where we are now, it's about more about homeware and craftsmanship. So we have ceramics here, we have some books, we have some candles. The chalet next door is more about fashion. So we have some clothing and accessories, jewellery, things like that. Nice. And how has it been received? How have people, have people buying things? Can we buy things or is it just, can we order somewhere? I think people are actually very fascinated by what we can offer. That Ukrainian uh, produce and brands is very creative actually and unique. And we work a lot with uh, traditional, uh, our traditions and uh, patterns from the past, but in a modern context, showing how it can be worn today. So yeah, it, it's been really well received. I would say in London, because I live in London now and our boutique is based in London, people understand it a bit better. Here you need to explain everything, but still it's great. People are, I would say, not fascinated, but surprised by what we can offer. That's nice, that's so lovely to hear. And you're part of the Eurovision Village, so yeah. how did you get involved in this? I was invited actually by so many people from, from different uh, backgrounds. So the, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs called and said, can you come? And I was like, of course, thank you so much. Then a few of my acquaintances from London also called and said, so we are organizing that. And then the Liverpool City Council actually also contacted. Yeah, yeah. And, and so you're, um, we're sort of around the corner at the side here. So yeah. how, how do you feel like it has Liverpool, has the village itself, has the whole organisers of Eurovision? Do you feel like it's embraced Ukraine in the way that you hoped? Um, yeah, well, we walk around Liverpool, we see flags everywhere. It's really nice to see 
how people are supporting us. Uh, I would say that, yeah, it's been well presented. You definitely give us a chance to talk more about what we do, that we are going through a very hard time, but nevertheless, we continue to produce, to create, to uh, talk, to get inspired by things and communicate it through our art, through our fashion, through our cuisine, which you have also in this Discovery Ukraine uh, little corner. Yeah, and of course, we are hosting in the UK on behalf of Ukraine. Yeah. It's your party that we are just facilitating, we're yeah. hosting. And so, have you got tickets for the show? Are you going to go and see any of the show at Eurovision? I'm working on that. I would love to, yeah, I'm working on that. I, I think I would, yeah. For now, I, it's 50-50. Okay, well, if anyone's listened to this podcast and you can yeah. help us out, let us know. We'll, we'll... <laughs> okay, it's lovely to speak to you, and uh, yeah, good luck. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much. Thanks Thank so you. much, Matt. Yeah, so that is Ayan Volia, and uh, yeah, she's sort of, as she said, she's curating all these beautiful Ukrainian stuff, designs, artifacts. It's just, you know, it's, if you are in Liverpool, get down there and seek out the cultural part because it's lovely and everyone is willing to chat. It's so, um, yeah, please do. Don't don't miss it. There's some food uh, stalls in the Ukrainian yes. as well with sort of Ukrainian delicacies. Not much veggie, um, but I'm vegetarian. But I, you know, we we'd actually already eaten. But there's some kind of like hutzel meals. They've got some sweet cherry variniki. Mm. Um, yeah, some really nice things going on there. Yeah. I'm going back. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. That's the Uvin village, and um, yeah, so far so good. And so it's Sunday now, Sunday morning, and we are getting ready for a long day ahead. We have got uh, tickets to the Turquoise Carpet event. So we're going to see all of the artists come in in all of their finery along the carpet. Um, We'll take some photos. We'll see if we can get a bit of audio. Um, And then we are going straight to the National Lottery's opening party, the Mm. welcome reception at St George's Hall. Um, This is a big free event and um, there's some great artists performing, including, this is the one I'm most excited about, the reformation of Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Wow. I mean, Frankie were like, you know, part of my teenage years, they were huge, you know, and controversial and, you know, visibly queer artists as well. It was like an influential time. Yeah. You know, so to see them. I mean, you know, there is that kind of, you know, reuniting after such a long time, will it be any good? But I don't care. I just really want to see them. It's the moment. And then after that, we've got our first night in the Euroclub. Yes. We'll bring you some audio of drunk Euro fans. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. I mean, we've the Euroclub's actually been open for two nights, but we you it was an individual ticket. We've got a weekly pass which starts tonight, and actually we wanted to ease ourselves in a bit gently because there's a long week to go. Our friend Yuha of the parish uh, sent us photos from the club last night that they have the Finnish long drink Lonkaro <gasps> behind the bar, which is my favourite. So I'm going to be dead oh by the end of well tomorrow morning probably. <laughs> Because it's a little bit strong, but it's absolutely lovely. But it, yeah, gets me tiddly pissed and playful. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> so that's our day today. So as you know, most of the media has not been allowed into the media centre yet. So we haven't seen the rehearsals like we may have done in previous years. 
what we have seen is 30 seconds of the rehearsals as they'll be shown on TV, uh, which have been put out by the EBU. And so we've had a little look at them. Now, obviously, these are not full performances. These are just clips. There's going to be surprises. There's going to be other parts of the show. So it's difficult to judge on what we've seen so far. But judge we're going to. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, what's been standing out from what you've seen in the rehearsals so far? Well, first of all, we've got to talk about Karia and Finland because I think if there was a perceived gap that Lorene was street, you know, head and shoulders above everyone, she's going to win. That gap has now been closed because the staging that Finland, Finland are bringing is just on point. It's not quite the national final performance. They've elevated it which we love to see for Eurovision and it's working and he seems to be getting more and more charismatic and I just think it's going to punch through and people are going to love it so I think this is it's a close one thing now I think yeah I mean I've always thought he has the edge over Lorraine but we'll see I definitely agree with you on that actually a word on Lorraine I mean I don't think she's not going to qualify or anything like that but looking at the rehearsals, most people have upped their game, uh, as you would expect with the step up to the Eurovision stage. But actually, because of the limitations on Lorene's original prop in Melody Festival and, and the way that they're bringing it to the stage here in Liverpool, I think hers is the only performance that shrunk rather than got bigger. Now, we need to see it. I think it's still going to look really impressive. But from the little clip we've seen, it's not nearly as impressive as Melfest was for me. And even then, I was not fully wowed when I saw it. So I think this is just throwing something spicy into the equation. And I'm very aware of the kind of the Netta and Eleni Ferreira, you know, how things changed in the bubble as we started to see things. But I just think, yeah, I think Lorena in Sweden is slightly diminished, whereas Kalia in Finland is really augmented so far. In the first semi-final, I'd also like to just mention Israel. We've got the dance break at the end as the clip, which I was a little bit surprised at, because I thought that was going to be the show-stopping moment that she would throw in at the end. But now I think about it, I think she's piqued our interest with that, and what we haven't seen is the rest of the song, and now it's, we're going to be looking to see, well, actually, what, what is she doing? with that I also think Czech Republic's had a huge oh god yeah I mean thankfully because you know we just were worried about them putting a band setting on stage and it just looks lovely now and Netherlands yeah is looking quite nice as well yeah they know how to stage and they've proved it again what's standing out in the second semi-final for you well surprisingly I have to say Poland because it's not just looking good, it's sounding good. And that was a worry for us. And she's proven it, proven it wrong. You know, it's good. It's looking good. And where I had her as maybe not qualifying, I'm now thinking, but that's a sure qualifier. I think it's probably going to qualify now as well. And that's a bit of a change around for me. Um, you know, and fair play to her. I think of all of the, you know... The, the gossip she's had to put up with online. Yeah. I really kind of hope it does come through for her. And Greece, I have to say, I mean, it is a rehearsal. We always stress it is a rehearsal, but I was a little bit disappointed and I'm a bit worried that if he's not done a great rehearsal and he's not happy with it, he might be going in very nervous on the stage. Um, 
so that's one to watch. Romania, I don't think it's salvageable at all. Oh, or San Marino. So there's more in this second semi-final, I think, that are more surefire non-qualifiers than in the first semi-final. I think it's much more open, if you like, because almost anything could get through the first one. The second one, I think there are some that are definitely not going to get through. Mm. The big five, or the big four, because we've not seen United Kingdom for technical reasons. We'll not speculate any more on that. But the big four, uh, apart from UK and uh, Ukraine, I think are all looking brilliant. And Germany has really, you know, stepped its game up for me. Yeah, and it needs a good staging because yeah. I think the song is, is, is where it's going to be lacking a little bit. But the whole, talking about charisma, they've got it, he's got it. It's Yeah, it's working. And I'm rather enjoying Marco Mangoni's spangly vest. <sighs> Yes, I have to say he's 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 doing it for me. <laughs> and if anything else is snapping at the heels of those front runners, it's France. Oh my god, yes. Well, I can't say I'm surprised though because the way the video was released and set up, I'm like, I that's what you're bringing on stage, but it's going to be moodier. We're going to obviously get the far camera wide shots. I think, and they've got the long dress. Um, that we've had so many times before, but this this is great. It's working. I I think this is really going to be pushing things. Yeah. So some changes. Uh, I think most songs are staged really well. Yeah. I think you know, fair play to the BBC. They've done such a good job of this. Uh, and from what I've seen and read, most artists and most delegations seem to be quite happy and have been really pleased to say, you know, we actually, you know, the product was so much more advanced when we got to it than, you know, we didn't have to do that much work on it. And, you know, I think that's testimony to an amazing crew. Yeah, the word on the on the street is actually the production team are on it. In fact, the whole organisation, all the backroom people are saying, this is slick. The BBC know what they're doing. Yeah. Well, you know, give it to us again to host. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, the United Kingdom may do it. We've not been able to see May's um, rehearsal as the others have been presented in the 30-second clip form. We hope everything is all right with that. The stills I've seen from it look brilliant. Mm. You know, the, the sort of pop art kind of graphics. And there's that graphic where, you know, the image of her head splits and there's the silhouette of her standing in it. I mean, it's literally, she's right up there in her head. <laughs> I mean, I love the imagery of it and the symbolism. So we'll get to see that on Tuesday. We should also get to see the rehearsal tomorrow the afternoon rehearsal uh, so we'll see if we can yeah, bring you something of that we're not sure what the podcasting schedule is going to be this week gets hectic from now but we will be back and we will be bringing you reviews and our thoughts we will but you can get in contact with us on twitter at second cherry insta second underscore cherry and facebook second cherry podcast and email us at hello at second cherry dot vision that's hello secondcherry.vision so there we are then let's, um, let's leave people to go and have their enjoyment in the city if you're here or if you're you know watching it on TV um, yeah because actually there is a lot on TV BBC There's you've got loads. a whole channel haven't they yeah so yeah non-stop Eurovision the week starts now guys <laughs> have a good week have a we'll good we'll chat week. to you during it see you later bye, bye.